Hello and welcome to the Rwando podcast. This is episode negative one. If you're listening on iTunes, you can see that the first 15 episodes have negative numbers, kind of like the BC years. Uh, talk about the years. Um, this is because I, I took the 15 best episodes from my old podcast and reposted them here because they were great conversations that I wanted to share. And this one is with DJ uh, Walker Barnard. This is actually the very first podcast conversation I ever did. It's from a few years ago. I probably sound different, um, but I remember loving it. Uh, and it was kind of an impromptu conversation. I think it wasn't even meant to be a podcast. I was going to turn it into an article. But I was like, wow, I really love having these conversations with uh, really interesting people. And uh, he basically uh, showed the spiritual side of EDM music, which I never considered about its roots in history and uh, pre-agricultural civilization. It's a great conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy it. This is episode negative one, Walker Barnard. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. I'm uh, here with Walker Barnard. He's an international DJ, a Grammy-winning record producer, and um, I met him uh, very recently through the own community, and we started talking. We had a conversation just a few days ago that um, was really thought-provoking, and uh, I felt a lot, and I, I wanted to expand on that and turn it into an interview. So yeah. thanks for being here. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah. yeah, so um, the other day we were, we were speaking about um, like the own practice and... Um, how it affects your work as a DJ. Yeah. It, in some ways, I find so many parallels between being a DJ and working with, being a vessel for what in essence is orgasmic energy moving through me and, and, and the crowd and uh, the, the, the context created by the dance floor and by... Um, the party is really a place where uh, people can come from wherever they originated, arrive without a common language, without a common history, and let go of the societal layers and find uh, find themselves and find each other uh, outside of the normal bounds of you know patterned society and um, and as a, as a DJ the, the the great successes for me have come when I've been an open vessel for that and and the vibration in the room starts rising and everybody you're looking around and everybody has the same look in their eyes mm -hmm. there's there's this feeling of of incredible connection to self but also connection to all of the other beings in the room mm -hmm. and it's it's a frequency that I can feel in the room uh, and in the oming community it's just honing right in on that one thing mm -hmm. and in a room full of people oming um, it's a similar feeling, but but stripped away from from the amplitude of the music, stripped away from the amplitude of the medicine or the drugs, and it's the kind of pure, essentialized uh, version of that in a way. Yeah, awesome. Because I, I, I've never heard like a DJ describe um, music in that in that form. Uh, using that language before, I thought it was fascinating. But actually, before we go into that aspect, I think it's important to go over your history a little bit, because mm. you grew up in an ashram. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
My father is a filmmaker and uh, went to school in Berkeley in the 60s and, you know, kind of had his Berkeley moment of, you know, the, uh, you know, exploring the medicine, acid, being an artist, all these things, but very quickly found meditation and uh, met Maharishi and um, met my mom shortly afterwards. And they made a choice to kind of dive deeper into that practice together. Mm -hmm. And um, within a very short amount of time, my father became the filmmaker for the TM movement. Mm -hmm. And his kind of role with Maharishi was really to uh, make a visual transmission of um, Maharishi's basic message at that moment of bringing meditation to the West in order to create a critical mass of meditators to usher in what he called the Age of Enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was born about two years into their time with Maharishi uh, in Austria as they were moving between courses um, and spent the first couple of years in Europe traveling around with them, spending a lot of time sitting with them in lectures when Maharishi would speak, oftentimes sitting on Maharishi's lap and uh, just being being in that, that whole field and then we moved to uh, what the, the, the center for the TM movement at that point was in upstate New York. Okay, um, that was before in, Iowa? Yeah, before okay. Iowa, exactly. Yeah, and um, lived there until I was nine years old and so the whole first part of my life was, was uh, that was the world I saw. That, um, it was around people, you know, meditating and doing the TM hopping thing. And mm -hmm. you know, as a kid, I um, I imagined that that superheroes became superheroes by meditating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a much different childhood then. Yeah. Um, so I mean, at what point did you, I guess, start integrating this to into your life? Because I mean, it, it was your life for so long, um, and then at some point you, I guess, went to a more conventional. Yeah, I mean, when, when my, my, at a certain point, my father um, decided that he really uh, wanted to pursue the film thing outside of the TM context, and he moved, uh, well, he first went to Hollywood, and then we, we followed a year later. And so I went from living on this ashram in upstate New York, the worst word I had heard at that point was darn, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and moved to Los Angeles, to Santa Monica. and. In uh, there was one day where, shortly after we had arrived, where I had met some new friends and we're all hanging out and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna go to Carl's Jr. and and have a hamburger." I'm like, "A hamburger?" And you know, so we we go there and you know, I eat a hamburger for the first time. And were you a vegetarian? I was a vegetarian. Yeah, I grew up macrobiotic. Oh, okay. I, I never had any meat before and just like never even been exposed to it as an option. It was just like not something my parents presented wow. to me. And uh, you know, in, in that one day, I had a hamburger. Kind of, you know, came back and I was like, "Mom, I had a hamburger. It was amazing." <laughs> and later on that day, somehow, like, got in my first fight and saw my first Playboy magazine, and it was just like, <laughs> like this insane kind of like cracking of the, the 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 innocence of of my upbringing and kind of like just diving into like human reality. Do you um, at that point were you like kind of upset that you missed out on? These vices or whatever. I, I I had no idea that 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 was um, that that was there, and and I was just you know curious and open. I was just mm -hmm. interested. It was like ooh, this is interesting. This is you know, and, and just following that feeling, um, 
it wasn't until later that I really kind of contextualized that and had feeling, you know, felt like, oh, I really was brought up this way and other kids weren't and started, you know, the longer that I was in, you know, that school, public school in Santa Monica, I, I started to get a sense of what these other kids were like and what my mm-hmm. life was like and how it was different. And for a while it was like, I, I had none of the, 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 or very little of, of the patterning that other kids were working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, and you know they all like knew these TV shows. They all you know had popular culture, and my references you know weren't that. And so I felt really, um, you know, outside and uh, different. And that was you know for 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 some years that that was you know I was that there was there was like there were there were two worlds, and I was learning how to how to operate. In, in, in the general societal world. So it must have been pretty difficult. Uh, Super difficult. But also, you know, my, my parents um, were really, you know, both kind of artists and creative people. And so, like, our home life was really um, amazing. And I met friends. And it was like, you know, like, I was a kid, too. So it was like, even though it was hard, it was just like, you know, I was, uh, like, riding bikes. And just, like, I was just into, like, like, like the... the um, city life it was just also exciting so it was like it was it was hard but it was like more on an inner emotional level of like mm-hmm. like um where, where i would feel like people were far more advanced in their in their kind of like knowing of uh popular culture and all of this and i just didn't have those references so i felt a little bit like uh i just felt outside but it mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't but i was also still super engaged in just the, all of the new experiences yeah you mentioned um I think you used the word patterns. You didn't have the patterns they had. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are you also referring to like I guess like the negative so-called conditioning? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, what was your take on that? Were you like more jealous of their pop culture knowledge, or did you feel superior anyway? I think you know both things at different times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you know, and this is I guess I moved to LA in to Santa Monica in second grade. And, um, and then we moved to Pacific Palisades uh, when I was in third grade, and that was a little bit less wild of an environment. You know, the Palisades at that point was, you know, kind of upper middle class, but it hadn't gotten super rich yet. And there were, like, a lot of kids, and it was, you know, that was when I started surfing and, and um, skateboarding and things, and um, had, you know, lots of great friends there. And so, like, there it was an easier, um, you know, it was an easier, uh, I was just more connected enough. Yes. Cool. I'm curious to know, like, at the at young age, because you had such like a um, an immersion of, I guess, what most people refer to as spirituality. Like, what was your take on on life or philosophy at that point, or did you really just not think of it? Well, like, I mean, just just, just the statement of like, you know, of the, the like, you know, I before before I came to like, you know, like like we, we would, you know, there were comic books and all of this stuff, and just this thing about, about superheroes become superheroes by meditating. I was yeah. like, I still had this inside me. I was like, uh-huh. oh, you know, um, that, that, that human beings have this ability to, to tap into this, this great, you know, potential and power, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, that's just what we do, you know, and so, like, that, that was what I carried into this, and, and then the, the thing that was, part of me was really, really uh, deeply um, connected to that, and part of me was feeling like, oh, I, I don't quite fit in. And so how do I fit in? Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, the, the time when I was going from third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and then, you know, all that. And and the desire to fit in was really huge, the desire to feel just like like other kids. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and that kind of set up a little bit of a, 
not a schism, but like a, just a, a disconnect in me on a certain level that didn't resolve until um, later years when I actually, you know, took acid for the first time and, 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 and started to see the fabric of both of these existences mm-hmm. that, that I was living and, and got the relevance of, of my own uh, upbringing and also saw this whole world that I was that, I, that just the world of, of society and, 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 and saw them for the first time as, as these two separate streams in my life and mm-hmm. then, and, and had the opportunity to, to see, um, what tied them together through my experience. Yeah. So let's talk about, I guess the acid thing, like how did you get introduced to it? Cause it's probably extremely far from the way you were raised, right? Initially. Well, yeah, I mean, in some ways, but you know, I know that my father had had moments with it and then he saw that really what he was looking for, that, that, that would, that would, you know, he always described it to me as a kid that like that, that, um, that acid or drugs, but acid in particular was like, you know, it's like a catapult, a spiritual catapult that mm-hmm. launches you. But, uh, but it doesn't, it, it's not about sustaining it. And that meditation mm-hmm. was, was the sustained path to, to that kind of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I had that picture in my, in my head. Um, but you know, the thing about the parallel between, uh, meditation and consciousness and, uh, experiences, with acid is that, that, that really it's, it's about stripping away the layers and seeing the self in the multidimensional aspect. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I found that all of the, all of the small ideas of self I could step out of and, and just see the larger context that I was in and, and understand my positionality in that and just kind of get my path. And I'm absolutely thankful for it. I think it's, um, it's an intense thing to do so young. I mean, I did it when I was 15 for the first time. And um, it just, it, it opens up a lot of doors. And, you know, and I ended up going pretty deep into that for a while and uh, gained a lot of benefit, but also in the kind of language of the own community, it's a hard stroke, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and there's a little bit of deadening that happens in that, which, you know, we talked a little bit about yesterday um, in terms of where things are right now. Yeah, could, could we expand on that? Because that, that was like one of the huge, like, holy crap, like when you were, when you were speaking about that um, the other day, about, um, I guess, the lifestyle that your work is involved in, where like a, a lot of people are doing drugs for that purpose, but there's this catapult in the deadening. Mm. Yeah, well, um, there was a, my, you know, I, I'd been playing music for a long time as a, a bass player in bands, and then at, at one point in the mid-90s, um, you know, took my first pill of ecstasy and went to a party and had this kind of, you know, revelatory experience that anybody who's ever done that has the first time, and uh, and just saw saw it as really a, a context and a vehicle for societal transformation mm-hmm. in that moment, and... Uh, how do you mean? Well, so, you know, a little bit what I said before, that, that, that there aren't... Well, that's that's actually really an interesting conversation because um, in the sense that, 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 that there weren't a lot of other ways that I had seen where people from different backgrounds without the, the common language could come together and have a transcendent experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really experienced deeply 
people having transcendent experiences together together when they were when they had made the, the choice and the commitment um, to be meditators or to be to be on a path. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if people don't share that? Then then how is it possible? And when I first ha- had my first experience in a in a party, um, it was people were stripping away their layers and coming to this childlike, uh, innocent, essential beingness of. Uh, like pre-pattern, pre, pre-trauma, pre, pre-everything that happened in our life, and like that was all of the layers were stripped back, and they were interfacing from that place, mm-hmm. and and that was the first time that I had experienced that um, in such a pure way uh, outside of um, the meditation community, and so saw like that that as that that this is a place where people can have that experience, understand themselves in this stripped back, open, and innocent way, but also interface with. With 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 a whole room full of people mm-hmm. that are that are in that, and um, so that was you know incredibly profound to me, and, and also the connection to the body and like just the funk and like just the booty and like just like the sex, and that that was one thing coming from the TM side of reality, where where, where that's like kind of like from here from the heart up, mm-hmm. but but not really incorporating the sex and the incarnation of the body and just the 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 um, the kind of depths of of. A being human, mm-hmm. and so that—that th- that to me, in, in the, my first party, it was like all of these things can come together. But then there's this aspect, you know, that I was talking about with the, uh, you know, in in using the language of omen in, in terms of stroking, it's the, it's it's a very powerful stroke, the the medicine or the drugs or the or ecstasy, but it's one thing for the first time, and it, and it's a really profound experience the first time and, and in a way each time after that it becomes it has less of that that pure essence in a way mm-hmm. and and the stroke becomes harder and harder in the sense that that it can be deadening and it can deaden that sensitivity or that sensitivity exists in that moment but then when you go back into waking state you kind of have your serotonin dopamine dip and then and then you're kind of back in your everyday reality and it, it's it's harder to sustain that Kind of pure essential uh, understanding of self and and beingness. Afterwards, it doesn't give you the tools; it just rockets you into it. Right. Um, and uh, that's um, you know, and therein lies the the kind of uh, the, the, the 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 trickery and conundrum of the poison path. Yeah. So it's like um, I like that term, poison path. Um, it's uh, Jonathan Darby. Jonathan Darby. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so is, so what you're saying is like they can reach that, but it's only good for the time that the drug is in their system, and then not necessarily. I mean, but but, but just, it's just that, that that it's up to you. Like any anything about our own awakening, it's it's up to the individual about about. We have to step towards it in order for it in order for it to sustain. Mm-hmm. And so you have this peak experience, but you don't have the tools and the framework to, to you're, you're not inherently given that you're given, you're given views into that, but, but, but in order to take that, that, uh, that incredible juice and electricity and, and bring it into your life, you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's not a lot of conversation about that. Um, within the, you know, at that point in the nineties, the dance music community, it was, yeah, it was just like, you know, when's the next party? When can we do this again? When can we feel this again? Um, and, you know, the hope, 
you know, even in, in that community, in that moment, was like, we want this all the time. We want to live in this. We want to live in the society that we feel in this high peak moment of the dance floor. I want this every moment. I want this to be what the world is like, and you know, that's far more complicated when it comes down to like you know how we sustain ourselves through the course of the days. But you know, on the other side, I feel like uh, that that modality and, 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 and the party has like gotten hugely popular now, you know, in the US and around the world, it's kind of becoming pop culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that's lost in it, but, but, but the basic framework is still there. And I think that there are still people that are going to parties for the first time. And, and before that moment, they never had, had experienced the transcendent in that mm-hmm. aspect. And, and so, it, so it still holds that potential and, and, it, and it's, uh, it's just it's 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 an entry point. It's an entry point. Yeah. Do you feel that the um, pop culture aspect, or maybe the commercialization of uh, of this experience, is taking away from any conscious awareness brought into it? I mean, uh, yes, of course, but uh, it, it absolutely is. But on the other side, the, the experience is still the experience, mm-hmm. and. Um, one of the things that I think is really happening is that is that uh, in Europe, especially before uh, before the the Romans kind of came through and conquered the Celts, conquered uh, the Germanic tribes, there was an indigenous culture in a sense that that had evolved in in, in Europe. There was a, a a ritualistic ceremonial culture. There was there was um, like the Druids, the, the Druids. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I mean and, and if you really like look into that, like in, in in all over Europe, there was not necessarily unified culture, but there was there 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 were you know the. the there, there was a, a framework for for spirituality and community and 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 ritual, all of these things, and you know, first the Romans came through. They they kind of they conquered. They and and that was the first layer of that um, being uh, broken, and then and then later on you have uh, the Inquisition and you have um, Christianity coming through and systematically, valley by valley. Uh, First, uh, well, killing killing off that uh, the, the the knowledge holders and and the you know the, the witches you know witch hunts and all of this, mm-hmm. but but essentially when you look back into the history of um, the first uh, trials of the Inquisition, it was in the area in between Italy, um, France, and Switzerland, and the the first kind of documents really talk about not about witches, they talk about. Um, uh, a, just a mass general cultural phenomenon where 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 like uh, on on certain days and on you know on full moons on different you know like the, the whole Beltane thing, uh, the the kids would go out in the fields and they would dance and they would they would they they would do you know ritual and and celebrate and there would be sex there would be all these things, but that was what they were going after. They were mm-hmm. like they were like we can't have we can't have control if 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 this is. The, the, the cultural experiences that's happening. So they, they saw that, the first documents were talking about that, but then later they realized we, we, we can't just stop that. We have to go and take the people that, that are the linchpins of this, of this culture mm-hmm. and start to, uh, well, kill them, put them on trial. And so, you know, person by person at first, they started to knock that away. And then, and then you know, 
went through you know each valley kind of killing that off to the point where I think Estonia might have been the last mm -hmm. um, the last place in Europe where, that the Inquisition got to and so in a way the the, the what, what I saw with um, the dance music um, context and you know what at that point when I got into it was you know raving was it was through the through ecstasy through the drugs and through the psychedelic experience in a, in a way we could tap back into something that is innate to humans mm -hmm. and I think actually the essential kind of difference and evolutionary step um, that that humans took and like before language there was beyond well. Uh, I, I kind of imagine it like this: it's like the, like 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 the, like um, uh, our you know predecessors um, evolutionarily lived in small groups in kind of forest uh, you know or jungly kind of things that and the, the communication it was fairly tight and and the, there was foraging and all of this and there wasn't a big necessity to have complex communication and then as they move out onto the savannas. Uh, and and move more towards hunting. This the, the communication had to happen. The language had to be uh, had to be come to 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 coordinate all of this. To mm -hmm. coordinate larger groups, um, different sexual relationships instead of a dominant male and you know uh, and females underneath it. It became you know kind of a, a more potent brew that was harder to deal with. But the thing that that had to happen was 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 this layer of prelingual cult cultural cohesion and. The more that I understand about it, that came through, through, through dance, music, and ritual in a sense. Mm -hmm. And and um, what the the dance music experience is, the, the rave thing, is in essence is is tapping back into that that circuit that, that all humans have of of like that's that that's how we create cultural fabric. And from that, once we have the cultural fabric of limbic connection, then from there there's the possibility of language happening. Mm. That's so fascinating. I wasn't expecting this to go there because I, I write and speak a lot about like the production-oriented civilization mm -hmm. that's like kind of cut off like the artistic um, feeling-based side, which is what we need more as like organisms. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting how, uh, you know, you're saying how music is, I mean, basically the movement you're in is bringing that back in some way. So same with the own movement. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all going back to this essential thing that I think, yeah, I mean, like, like you, this is really, I, I can almost like when I, when I, when I tune back in time, in a way, I, I can feel that this, this, this moment when, when, when there was this, like this, this connection between people and this, um, Terrence McKenna talked about this too. And like, you know, his, his thing was, that you know, maybe humans evolve through through the mushroom, through mm -hmm. through experiencing that, and 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 you know, ate the mushroom, had this experience of 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 self and and other, and 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 the transcendent, and 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 could step outside of just being in nature and not having consciousness of self, mm -hmm. and then from that step on an individual level, like how do you do that in society? And you 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 do that through through creating limbic connection and 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 the and music essentially music dance and you know storytelling to a certain degree that's that's how you that's how you transmit that and generate uh within a group 
uh, a deep understanding uh, and, and a connection that, that, that is culture. It's part of culture. I'm curious to know now, um, like, what is your experience when you're, I mean, I guess in a live set or something where you're, like, you're feeling this, you know, transmission to a crowd? Hmm. I'm thinking of one moment in particular where I played um, a live set at Panorama Bar maybe two years ago uh, on Christmas night. And uh, Panorama Bar is um, the upstairs part of this club. Um, it's Panorama Bar and Berghain, and it's kind of the, the one of the most amazing clubs in the world and, and a kind of center in Berlin for this, this thing. And it's just full on. And um, it's a really kind of an amazing privilege to be able to play there and, and such an incredible experience because people go there just to like go off they're there for days at a time you kind of go and it's like you're paying your rent for a couple of days mm-hmm. and you're there and so you know I get to play there and I remember the feeling of bringing my music there and like and you know getting up in front of all these people everybody's like dancing into it and you know nervous of course and then start you know feeling all this and then get into it and just start to feel the, the my my music take you know come into the room and people are feeling it and and really like very quickly moving into this place where it's like I just feel kind of energy moving through me and I feel this energy coming back and it, and it becomes more I mean really very much like what 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 I feel like you know in in an ohm it's just like sensation moving and to the to the degree that I can open up and just just be that 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 uh that be a vessel for what my my in a sense orgasm is Mm -hmm. um that 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 resonates and other people it starts to to get to get them resonating and um and then the whole room is like zinging like 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 crystal uh, like a crystal chandelier when it, when, a, when a certain note hits it starts yeah. vibrating and everybody in the room is kind of like there's this trembling and like these waves like literally orgasmic waves like when like peaks in the music happen everybody's like ah. and and it's an incredible feeling to 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 both be a vessel but but be ego at the same time because the music came through my particular vessel it came through my choices my 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 desire myself but 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 the the in its essence the 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 djing thing and music and you know well the dj let's talk about the dance floor thing the dj thing on, on the dance floor it's really it's the people that do that the best are the ones that, that, that really can, can be this vessel and bring that energy into the room and just sustain it and ride it and just, you know, follow the stroke. Yeah, this, this might be a bit of an abstraction, but I'm, uh, you, you mentioned a few times being a vessel and uh, like being your orgasm and whatnot. Like, do you feel like this thing, this sensation, orgasm, whatever you want to call it, is something that's um, more like the Tao and like something that comes through you or is it something that you like have in you? Or both. Because hmm. I've seen two models like in creativity, which I've been like really interested in recently. One is like all you're doing is opening up so that God can flow through you, mm-hmm. um, and the other thing being like this is something you cultivate to like, you know, like more like chi. Well, I think it's both. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think you know we can open up to it, and we can be we can be. Uh, um, we can we can have it move through us, but 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 in the end, we are in bodies and we have singular consciousness, mm-hmm. and so 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 um, uh, it's about the cultivation of our ability to 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 be conscious uh, 
in, in a conscious dance with that. Mm -hmm. Because, it, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely, life force, orgasm, uh, God, universe, whatever, that, I mean, that, there is that, and, and, and we, we can tap into it and be vessels, but, but we're, also, we're also these individuals, and you can live, or you know, one can, can live and block that out and, and not be connected to it, mm -hmm. and, and, and not, you know, maybe be exposed to that or, or be exposed to it and not choose it and, and live in disconnection. And, you know, in one way, I think this, when I think about, about, about cancer, it's like when, when a cell no longer retains the ability to understand itself within the, the, the context that it's in and mm -hmm. regenerates outside of the context without, without, uh, without sense of its context. And so it just keeps multiplying and, 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 and then that, that, that creates, you know, tumors, all these things, but it's, it's, it's like the, la the, the, the disconnection from, from its place within the fabric in mm. a sense. So, so in, I guess maybe I'm stretching it, but like you feel like disconnection or isolation is kind of like being cancerous and in a sense, but, yeah. but but there's this extra thing of cancer that it, that it that it keeps mm -hmm. uh, that it keeps um, you know growing and and and, and multiplying and so that, like uh, you know in our, in our bodies, then yeah, but it's disconnection ultimately. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, so I'd, I'd like to speak a little bit about like where you're at right now because like now that especially now that I have more of a context of mm. what, what your experiences have been, um, because that's what how we started speaking that that other yeah. day. Um, I mean, right now you're, you're very successful as a DJ internationally. I mean, you have a place in Bali. Actually, do you want to speak about the, the Bali thing? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, through a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, a few, uh, you know, three years ago now, I, I went to Bali to go work on an album project mm -hmm. and, um, really didn't know a lot about it, but, you know, growing up as a surfer in California, it was like, Bali was always this, like, you know legendary place you know uh, for surfing and so it had been in my mind with that and then also my father and my mother listened to all kinds of um you know ethnic music and kind of grew up like hearing monkey chants and like you know like just like having this this sense of like gamelan music and mm -hmm. and all of this and, and it was you know it just it played a little part in my interior mythology and then you know finally went there and um, very quickly, uh, just got super connected, and 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 uh, the first night I was there, I met uh, a guy who he was like um, had just kind of taken this position to run this club and, and book this club, and so we're, we're talking. He's like, like, oh, you're a DJ. You just came from Berlin. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I just you know started this club. Do you want a residency at my club? And I was like, okay, cool. And so um, very quickly got just tapped in, and he and I, you know tuned into this thing and like I was playing there a lot and kind of just in Bali there's a lot of um this kind of like beach club super cheesy rich um not very conscious kind of thing that's going on mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of people that are really deep in their on their path in different ways and have like left wherever they're at in the world and just landed there because it's really fertile ground for them to to do their work mm -hmm. and so there, there was like this untapped thing musically where it wasn't about the superficial, it wasn't about you know, you know the, the the horizontal as we talk about the other thing, um, and 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 so we, my friend Jean Marc and I kind of just tapped into that and like kind of there was a, a context for that, and um, so I was there for four months, had an incredible time, really made deep friendships and connections to the place, and just felt really alive in that in that place. Went back to Berlin, 
and um, you know did life for a couple of years, and then just this last year, um, Catherine, my wife, and my son Kieran and I all went back, and kind of tapped back into that, and through again through this one friend, John Mark, ended up at this villa, and um, this incredible place that both Catherine and I felt an immediate connection to, and. Long story short, we um, kind of went down the road of finding out who the owners were and, and really investigating what it would take to for us to, to you know, to, to at this yeah, what we found out, to lease the place. And so now we did that, and we're about to go back there and uh, live there for the next six months and also have it... Uh, Open, up, open it up as, as a context for people to come, different DJs that are touring through Asia to drop in. There'll be a recording studio there. Um, but also a place where, where, where this very conversation we're having um, can, can, can exist with people in a room where, where it's, it's the dance music thing. Mm. It's, 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 the, it's, it's the people coming from the psychedelic side, people coming from, from the music side, people coming from the alming side, people coming from yoga. And... Uh, and arriving in this space and just just holding the space for this conversation to happen mm -hmm. and so in a couple of weeks we're about to go there and uh and dive into that that's really awesome do you, i mean I, I guess there's so many things that could happen from there but do you have like any like plans for what it is you're just gonna bring all these people together well it, coming from you know growing up in an ashram and you know in the throughout the, the early 90s being parts of intentional communities, being in intentional communities. Um, there's, there's an aspect of the formality of that that I'm not quite as interested in, and I like the looseness and the, 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 the openness um, that, that is possible in this, where we're just like, hey, let's hold the space open and not, not say it has to be one way or the other, mm. but, ju but just kind of put out this little beacon of... Of, of conversation, of, of a little energy that, that either people feel and they feel like akin to or not. And already, you know, we've been talking about it and certain people are like, whoa, I'm interested in that. Yeah. And it's really been wild to see, you know, who, who, who's triggered by that, who actually makes the commitment to say, okay, I bought my ticket, I'm coming, so-and-so. And, and um, it's not that, that uh, I don't have specific ideas. It's more that, that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this new territory between all of this where, where it's it's you know we're all different some people you know really want to dive really deep into something let go of, of the rest of their of the, the life that they've been in and just follow the path of uh, of, of community or of uh, a certain modality um, and what I'm interested in is is is, is in a sense, it's the evolution of what I felt when I went to, to my first party, mm -hmm. where, where where people could come from all of these different things. Maybe they have different ideas, but 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 there, there's a, there's a forum. It's 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 like the, the the party outside the party. What I was saying before, it's like I, in that moment, I wanted I wanted life to be this way. Yeah. I wanted it it to, it to be every day that that peak experience, and so. Um, it's holding a space open for, for, for that to happen. And and then from there, <clears throat> one of the things that I'm very interested in at Bali is uh, the development there over the years. You know, it's certain areas are incredibly touristy and just 
almost uh, horrifyingly so. But but on the other side, the the, the cultural fabric of, of the Balinese is very intact. In mm -hmm. every village, there's a gamelan ensemble and a temple, and like and then people practice. And and you know, there's a time of year, um, Nipi, where where the power shuts down on the island. They shut down the power mm -hmm. for for the weekend, and it's just ceremony. And it's like no cell phones, no no no. It's just like you're there, and people are like, and that's the 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 time of the year where they where they they um they through ceremony like chase the demons out and it's just a regeneration that's cool yeah it sounds like a return to what you're talking about the pre-roman europe well, well th this is this is human this yeah. is human this is this is this is this is the essence of who we are and um we we've gone so far on on a, on a level of building up culture but but really like it's it's this it's this pre-lingual uh circuit of 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 connection that that there's a great book called The Singing Neanderthal mm -hmm. that, that, that really goes into this thing and talks about the prelingual circuit, about, about how, how language arose, like what happened before language, what, what kind of connection was necessary, uh, and how that was generated in order for language to even happen. And, and so, so in a way, I, I think why, why you know, something like oming or you know, the rave thing or ecstasy or some, any of these things or the psychedelic experience, why it resonates with us so deeply is it taps into to, to, to the part of us that, like the, the, that we all came through evolutionary. It's the first step. It's the first step of being human, that, that, that basic fabric of cultural, of limbic connection. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know one thing, I guess maybe this is the last thing we'll go over um, that we spoke about the other day. Um, like, I guess these breakthroughs you've been having, putting your life in context, going from the ashram to this very different world. Mm. Um, did you want to share anything about that? Hmm. Right in this moment that I'm in now, there's... I've walked so many different paths in my life and, and you know, was born into a, a family of meditation teachers. And th there were moments in my life where, like, you know, kind of recently where it's like I've been, like, deep in the trenches of the Berlin thing, which is, like, ecstatic on this whole other level and, like, you know, beastie and just, like, you know, in this... And, and you know, uh, m essentially, like, like, what, what, like, what my journey has been is to, like, to, to be... To be like the funk, the sex, the, the, the booty, but also, also the high. And, and so a lot, a lot of what's been happening for me lately is, is just in a way like the, uh, all of the moments of doubt where, where I made different choices in my life and like went down different roads and, and like sometimes it was like, whoa, I've really deadened myself doing this or I've really, you know, thought I went in the wrong direction or this and that. Now I'm just realizing from this perspective today after the weekend, you know, this third mastery thing, and all these experiences that 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 every choice that I made gave me the understanding to to um, to connect those two things through 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 my my uh, specific and personal desire and 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 presence to 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 what. Uh, to what I feel and what 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 I want and like there, there's I, I think for the longest time like it was one or the other and I'd kind of like be swinging from this more spiritual thing into this thing of or you know spiritual into this thing of you know being in the music and like uh, you know playing playing in bands and just like this all of this sexual energy moving around and and you know culturally they're kind of pushed aside mm -hmm. and 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 you know mediated 
and and brought into forms you know and religion is is a form where it's like you can experience ecstasy but you can't you know have the sex you know and, mm-hmm. and like so so now through the experiences of the weekend and, and with the omen thing in particular um i feel the point in between all of that and 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 now as i look back at all of the moments that i've lived uh I just have I, I have understanding for all of these turns that I took in moments where I thought, oh, this is a this is a mistake. I've you know lost something out of this. I've lost sensitivity. I've lost, you know, my connection to, you know, to to this you know meditation state. And really, it's it's all one conversation about about the awakening of mm. of myself and my desire, but also humans, all of us. You know, this, there's there's a there's a wave going on right now. Like one of the things that's really far out for me is that like I you know, was born into this around it. And I remember like in the seventies, you know, as a kid, like going to health food stores and there are these little cramped things with lots of bins of really smelly beans and like weird things. And like, you know, if you wanted sweets, you get this gross carob thing. And like, you know, then, then like through the eighties, it started to get bigger. And then like the new age thing started to really kick and, and like, and it, and it started to like, not be such a, a small conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, now it's like, you know, there's TV shows that talk about this, there's movies and it's just like, it's pop culture. And, and on one level, it's like, oh, the commercialization of that, the, 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 the cheapening of that. But on another level, it's just like, this is what, this is what we are. This is what we want. And now it's, it's, uh, when things move to a mass level there, there's, you, 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 you gain, amplitude because there's many people involved but but you you on the outside you lose specificity because um in order to to really go deep into that experience it requires intimacy it requires depth it requires detail and and in order to transmit something on a mass cultural level it has to be streamlined simplified and easily digestible and um so that's you know in a way what's 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 lost is it becomes mass culture and and as people really make the choice to wake up, but but the thing is, is that 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 it's happening, and and each individual that's part of this wave of of this this consciousness sweeping across the planet, um, is going to have their own experience. And even if they come into it, you know, at the electric zoo event or whatever, and they have their first ecstasy experience there, they're going to keep pulling that thread, or maybe they're going to keep pulling that thread and and keep looking. Maybe their their taste in music gets deeper. Maybe their their, uh, their 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 journey on a personal level gets deeper. Maybe they, you know, find yoga and through that, you know, develop a practice or whatever it is for them. And uh, and so I can, although there's a part of me that that felt like, you know, both on the level of you know spiritual community and you know all of this and the the the, the dance music thing. Like I was part of this small like in group of people that were doing it, and it was like not everybody, you know, and, and this feeling of like, oh, well, it's not quite as interesting now that everybody's into it. On the other side, it's like, it goes back to what Marishu was saying about a critical mass of meditators generating a, a wave of uh, collective awakening. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to ask for like some final advice or something like that, but I think you covered that. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much. It's been super fascinating. I hope it's been useful for everyone. Um, for for you guys, if you want to learn more about Walker or see his work, you can find him on Facebook, uh, Walker Barnard, and I'll attach some links to this interview. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash Rwando. See you next time.